Vantage Point Podcast, man. I want to welcome y'all back to another week. Um, hope y'all have been doing great, having a good week yourself. And if, whether you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or even um, iHeartRadio, we just want to, again, welcome you back to another week. We're in week four of a series we're doing called Father Figures. And um, I, I've talked to some people that have been blessed by this series. So whether you're listening um, through any of those channels, man, I just want you to leave us a review, leave us a like, subscribe, whether it's through Instagram or Apple Podcasts, whatever it is, let us know how this series is impacting you. I can tell you just in the first three weeks, my, me, myself have been impacted by it. And we just continue to grow and continue to do better as, as dads and just as people. And um, I, I mentioned this in the first two weeks that I wanted to, give a perspective on fatherhood, not just for me, but from other people. And so last week we had uh, my, my good friend Antoine Robinson on here. If you haven't caught that episode, I, I definitely encourage you to go back and check that out. He dropped a lot of nuggets when it talked about legacy, creativity, and just being a dad right now. And so this week um, I'm bringing another special guest. This actually, I actually met this guy, Oh man, probably at least two or three weeks ago, uh, maybe almost a month really. And I was actually at work, my, my day job. Um, and uh, he came in and I'll, I'm going to share this story. He, he walked in and he had three kids with him and uh, they were all under the age of five. And when I tell you the strategic maneuvering and just the, the dedication to get him what he needed and how he was taking care. I mean, he was holding one, chasing another one and telling another one to hold on. Don't go there yet. I mean, it was, he was all over the place, but he was, I mean, it, it was a, it was a well-oiled machine. And so I said, I started to talk to him a little bit and we connected on social media. And since then um, he has not only been a, a, a huge fan of, of the podcast, but he's also just turned into a, a real kingdom connection for me and a good friend. And so uh, we're going to talk to Joshua Lyle this week. He is the student pastor at Kirk of the Hills uh, Church out here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, which I found out some information about the church I did not know because I've always wondered what does the name of the church mean? And I'm going to let him talk about that a little bit as he introduces himself. So Josh, go right ahead, man. The floor is yours. Hey, thanks so much. Uh, yeah, my name is Josh. I'm uh, one of the student pastors at Kirk of the Hills. Uh, Kirk is just uh, the Scottish word for church. So, and the neighborhood that our church is in is called the Hills by people who are from Tulsa. So it just means that we are the church of the Hills, or as you and I were talking about earlier, it is essentially the church of where we are. Um, yeah, I have three kids, five, three, and one. Um, I did not feel like it was a well-oiled machine, but um we do our best to make things happen. And, and um, yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> it's very kind. Not at all, man. Not at all. And I think it, you know, it, it was, it was awesome for me to see it and, and just to see that. And like I said, when I, when I saw you, I was like, man, I, I got to talk to him. I got to, cause it's not something you see often. That's something I see often where I see a, a dad with, just with the kids that young all at once and he's handling it and doing his thing. And, and, you know, he, had, you know, you share with me, you know, Fridays is like my day, my wife's at work and I'm just, yeah. I'm running the show. And I'm like, that's probably like the best day of the week for them. Cause they're like, yeah, we're just get to hang out with dad. And we, and, and no, no slights to moms. Cause moms are awesome too, but there's something when you hang with dad that you just kind of, you kind of get away with a little bit more. You kind of get to have a little more fun maybe. And, and, um, but I, they looked like they were having a ball. I've seen some social media, even from the Friday after that, they were like at the park lounging and, and relaxing. And so definitely good times, man. So I, I want to just jump in, man, and talk about 
kind of your journey as a dad and, and having kids so close and young. And I know Antoine talked about that last week, but I feel like, and we were talking earlier, but you, you're a little bit ahead of Antoine in terms of age mm-hmm. and, and time in, in the game of, of the dad journey, whereas my wife says dadhood uh, yes. and, and where we are. And so, man, just talk about that from, from your own perspective and just share a little bit about it with us. What are you learning? Yeah. So my wife and I have been married for seven years. Um, we have, yeah, three kids under five. Um, I, when we found out that we were actually my wife, she, to tell me that she was pregnant, uh, it was Halloween. We were living in Virginia. Um, and she had like put this little bag of like kid clothes on our, on our bed in, in the bedroom. Um, and I, we, we have friends who were having babies and I was like, Oh, like who, who are these for? And um, she was like, Oh, they're for us. I'm, I'm having a, you know, we're, we're, we're pregnant. And I was like, well, hold on. Like you're way more pregnant than me. I don't, you, you are pregnant. Um, I, I kind of, I kind of thought that, that, that it was just like a joke, like a Halloween kind of thing. Yeah. No, we, we found out and um, man, everything kind of changed. Um, not really in that moment, but just like, you know, you, you find out like, Oh, you're, you're going to walk into a new season and now there's really nothing you can do about it. And so it's kind of like, embracing like kind of turning into the skid and 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 just you know great is really good but better is best and so I I I I knew um like what what my vision of like a great dad was um just from you know literature movies whatever um but then I was like man how how do how do I take that and be better and then we found out that our first was going to be a girl and then everything I thought I was going to do in fatherhood shifted Mm-hmm. Um, not, not for the negative, but I was like, man, this girl is going to grow up thinking that like, oh, I should find somebody that I'm going to date. Who's like my dad, hopefully. And, and, and so everything just kind of, uh, you know, I want to hang out with guys who are like, so, so my, my, my mentality shifted. I want to make sure I, I more intentional about the things I say. And then yeah, I'm even intention, more intentional about how I say them and things like that. Um, and I fail at that all the time. Um, but man, she loves Fridays. That's dad day. And, 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 and it's, it's her, it's my favorite day of the week. It's her favorite day of the week. Uh, but then, uh, you know, she's two and, and, and we were, um, living in Tennessee and, and, and we were in Chattanooga, which is where we lived before Tulsa. And, uh, we found out that we were having our son Noah and man, um, it was different then because I was like, now I have a son yeah. and the feelings are different. It's just, di- I, you can't really explain it. Cause like now, um, at first we had like, like a little Jordan, my wife, we had a little Jordan and, and now I feel like, oh, we're going to have a little me. And instead of like being so excited about like, oh, the example I get to set from my daughter. Now I, I started to be fearful of like, man, I don't know if I want my son to be like me because yeah. I'm, I'm the worst person that I know. Um, you know, like, like, you know, no one lies to you more than you do. No one's meaner to yourself than you mm-hmm. are. And, 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 yeah. and I knew that about myself and I was like, well, wait a minute. Now I have to rethink everything, not just how yeah. and what I say, but now I have to think about why I'm saying it. Yeah. Because why Matt, like the why matters to me. And so then, then, then we have Noah, Noah Brock, and all of our kids have like nicknames. So like Lily is Lily the lion. And we call her that because she's ferocious and intentional, uh, mostly about chocolate chip cookies and tacos, but also <laughs> about Jesus and worship music and, and people. Um, yeah. She's never met a person that isn't a friend. And then we have Noah and he's our big man. Um, I had a cousin back. Uh, he passed away back in 2000. Uh, his name was Brock. He died in a plane crash. And um, just this giant of a human being in every aspect. He was a big guy. He had a big heart, loved the Lord, loved people. So uh, Noah's name is Noah Brock. And so we call him big man. Um, gotcha. 
And then, um, and then, man, I, I held him and things shifted again. And, and I wasn't only scared about my why now I was scared about my who, like, who am I? And yeah. like, what, what did I do to, to deserve this like responsibility and this weight? And then man, Noah just grew up and, and, and he grew up really quick. I guess boys do that. And, and then we found out, um, you know, about a year or so later, we were having our third Micah James and we call him Micah bear. Um, and he also is ferocious and intentional, but more than anything, he's loud. So we call him Micah bear because bears are loud. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and, um, just, just navigating this. So I'll be 29 next Monday, the 31st okay. and, um, navigating being a young married couple, being in ministry, um, being a student, even, um, I'm, I've, I've been, you know, going to school, finishing up some grad stuff and undergrad stuff. Um, just doing some things here and there. Um, it's been different. Um, however, I know that when my, when our third one, uh, came and I was terrified just cause like now I'm outnumbered. I only have two arms. Um, <laughs> But, uh, you know, they make, they make three in one strollers now. So we've been able to manage, um, but yeah, it's just cause it's hard. Doesn't mean it isn't good. Yeah. Gotcha, man. And, um, just cause it's good. Doesn't mean it won't be hard. And so we, we live that in our house. Um, and yeah, like we're young and we're, we are surviving, but man, if you look at it from our perspective, we're thriving. Yeah. Like look like, you know, the, your children are, are gifts. And so we just have to believe that even when it doesn't feel like it, yeah, yeah, even yeah. when we're, when we're navigating and, and we're walking through stores and we're having to pull and, and man, it's, uh, you know, like we get to do this. Yeah. It's, it's wild. It's, oh, yeah. it's the, it's the best ride. So. Oh yeah, for sure. And man, you talked about, um, just kind of that, the perspective of kind of first your daughter, like that first, first not only your daughter, but your firstborn. And then the differing perspective with your son, right? Mm-hmm. And I meant, talked about that a little bit in week one of just, you just, for, for the guys who don't know, who have not had a child yet, that first time you see them is like, I mean, my goodness. And, and like you talked Everything about it, changes. Like it shifted. Like you didn't think it was going to shift that way, but yeah. when you lay your and, eyes and you- on them. And you hear it like you, you hear people say like everything will change and you're like, maybe for you. Yeah. (laughs) And, and man, it does. And like, there's not, there's nothing you can do about it. And like, they just invade automatically this space that you didn't even know you had. Like I I said, uh, after our, after our second son was born, uh, I had to leave like um, two or three weeks after he was born. He was, he's little, little. And I, and I, I was talking to my dad so, you know, my heart has been broken over and over again in parenthood these last two years, but it's really just from expansion. Yeah. Like it just keeps breaking because it's making more room and, and you don't know how to categorize it or how to put it. it just, everything changes and you, and you think like, well, no, maybe that's how it was for you. Yeah. But like the Lord did something when he, brought fatherhood into play because it changes the hearts of men yeah in an instant and you're not ready for it oh and yeah. it's 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 the yeah it yeah. changes it, it it's such a shift and like you said you can't it's you you can't explain it you can't really categorize it but it, it's something when it shifts and then that shift is different with a daughter like it's a whole mm-hmm. different everything yes. And I yes. love what you said that like you get this space in your heart 
that you a didn't know you had that mm-hmm. needed to be filled and then all of a sudden it just shifts and i and i know people who are like oh well it changed for you or they think like it's a worse it's a bad change like change is somehow bad but no, no it's not bad at all man like it's it's a it's challenging like you, you know it's a challenge for you you have to now you know not just the it's beyond just being responsible for another human being that's part of it yes mm-hmm. but when you talk about your own growth. And so you mentioned, you mentioned something when you talked about your son, you said, I had to look at, I wasn't worried about how I did or why I did, but I was worried about who I was. And so talk a little bit about that. Like, where did you, where did that lead you on the journey with yourself? Really? Yeah. So you can even look at the current cultural climate. Everybody's up in arms about everything. Um, and some of it rightfully so. And, and what, what you're finding is that people are searching for new hearts, but not new perspectives. Like they want to see their things their way instead of seeing accurate things in an accurate way. And so we're searching for new hearts, but not for new perspectives as if the latter doesn't flow from the former, Mm. like your, your heart is shaped by your perspective and your perspective is shaped by the heart that you have going into this, going into the situation. Yeah. And, and so when, you know, my daughter has figured out that she is smarter than me and she has learned. So I have to navigate conversations with her differently than I do with my son. And I think it's just a difference in stage. Like I will speak to her very intentionally and I want to make sure that, that she's hearing what I'm saying and that she's not hearing what I'm not saying. Mm-hmm. But with my son, most of our conversations are physical. Like he's watching what I'm doing exactly. and he wants to know why I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. The, the last two weeks, he's, he's been fascinated with my car keys. I, I'll put them in my lap when we get in the neighborhood and I'll let him drive, you know, drive to the, yeah. to the house. <laughs> and, and he wants to know, well, like, why, why do I back into the driveway? Why do I turn the knob and stuff like that rather than just saying like if it were with my daughter lily be like hey this is what you do and she says okay and she does it and so i i think you you now there's more margin created in your in your in your heart uh it's like a a kind of a cheesy metaphor but like there's been a a larger margin created which really just creates more awareness right like Mm -hmm. it's not only what and how you're saying it it's why you're saying it and it's also what you're doing and why you're doing and I think it just shifts the way that, that you look at yourself. I think it shifts the way that, that you look at your habits and your perspectives. So like, for instance, four years ago, I was 315 pounds. Um, I was on the floor playing with my daughter and I got tired and I just thought to myself, like, she deserves better. And so wow. I lost a hundred pounds. Wow. Like it, so, but because, yeah. but like, there's a why to it. Like why? Because she deserves better. My son comes along during that time and he's just watching what dad is doing. Dad's up every morning at four 30 or five running. Dad is up every morning praying and reading his Bible and doing these things and eating differently and, and thinking differently and moving differently, like all those different things. And so Lily is fascinated at the fact that I did this big thing, right? Yeah. Noah is fascinated about the aspects that went into it. Mm. And so it's just, it, it's a new heart, but a new heart requires a new perspective. And I think that's, that's, that's what my sons have brought to the table is now now I have four eyes watching me instead of two, um, very intently. They, they want, they don't want to just know what I'm doing. They want to know why I'm doing it. Um, it's very, very interesting. Yeah. And I think that's so good. You know, I, I remember reading, um, 
even when you look at like the disciples with Jesus and they were always asking questions and always trying to get into the, you know, there were some of them, okay, he did that. That's what we're going to do, you know, but there was always some that they wanted to know more. Why is this this way? What are you doing? Why? And so when you talk about watching with intent, you know, especially with sons, because I know my sons are kind of the same thing. And and I love um, even now watching my son on social media, he will, my youngest, he will post different things. Um, But now every now and again, he'll post kind of the, you know, God saves or God loves or God. And and I don't know if that's innately because he watches what I do, but I do know he sees everything I do on social media. So I have to be cognizant of what I'm posting um, in that realm. And so the, the thing I love about that is that it, it's something that can goes with them at, you know, in age. So you like your, your children are, you know, five and, and, and two, I think you said, right. Three, three Three, and one, three and one, five, three and one. And so they're emulating and watching what you do. And my, mine are 15, 17 and they watch what I do. And so the kids are always watching. I mean, even yeah. for me to, to a degree, I watch what my mom does, or, you know, and things, but now I'm a bit more, obviously I'm an adult now, but there's always this eye and there's always this watching. And so it makes yeah. us more aware. And I think that's awesome. Like, you know, you saw your daughter and said, you know what, I need to change this because she deserves better. It wasn't necessarily, and this is where I think going back to the statement of this is this for people that are listening, this is what it means to say it changes for you because mm-hmm. you probably knew before your daughter, like, I need to get myself in shape. Like you knew yeah. that was that, right? But you didn't really yeah. do it. But then you saw her and you were with her and you like, I need to do better for her. And yeah. I think that's what it really, you know, if there was an if, if there was ever an example of this is what it means when perspectives change, like you literally did something that you knew was good for you, but you did it for her and yeah. you benefited too. And I think that's where you start to like fatherhood become, makes you this, this, it becomes a sacrifice. It becomes, yeah. you, you start to put down what I thought and you, what do they need? Not necessarily yeah. what I think. And that's so I, I love that because that just, that, that's probably a, like I said, that's a great object lesson of that. Um, you even mentioned earlier kind of about your own father, um, and kind of having that example of what you thought fatherhood was, um, talk a little bit about that and kind of how does that not necessarily, maybe even how it, did it change for you once you became, or, you know, because I think a lot of times people, you know, and guys for sure have this thought of, this is what this will be like. And then when it, when it happens, it's like the complete opposite of that. It was like, Whoa, I didn't think it was going to be like that. (laughs) So talk a little yeah. bit like what was that thought you had or what example did you have that you're like, yeah, I'm going to do that too. Cause I'm sure you were watching your dad too <laughs> when you were growing yeah. up and yeah. Well, no. So a lot of people think that that fatherhood is strictly responsibility. And while it is more than that, it's accountability. Like I'm not only responsible for my children, I am accountable to them. And I learned that from my dad. Um, those things kind of, showed themselves as I got older, as we were able to have more uh, in-depth conversations and kind Mm -hmm. of more real life discernment moments and stuff like that. Um, But fatherhood is not just responsibility. That is a a facet of it, but more than that, it's accountability. Um, And and I think that, that that's kind of where a lot of people may may or may not punt on uh, in the fatherhood realm is like, you didn't have that modeled for you. Yeah. Um, and, and, 
just because you didn't have it modeled for you in the home doesn't mean that there's not a framework for it innately built into your heart. That's good. Like, like the, the Lord has not called you to less than what he has called you to. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. Um, and so like, know. even, even if you're leading a small group at a church or if you're volunteering on a disaster mission or anything like, I mean, like whatever, like the Lord has called men more than anything to serve. So fatherhood isn't just being responsible for these children. It's learning to serve them and how best to, to, to make them and help them fit into the life God is calling them to. I think my dad, um, and I know this is super rare, um, in, in my generation, my dad is just lights out like the best dad in the world. Um, he is, so it's never a small thing to be fully present and he is always present. Um, he is always in the moment enjoying it. And I don't know how he does it because his dad was, was not that, um, yeah. his dad was a drunk. His dad was absent. His dad was, was a violent man. His they grew up poor in North Texas, like taking ketchup sandwiches to school for lunch, like yeah. had no, had nothing. Yeah. And, and then out of that kind of graciously comes this very uh, gentle giant of a person who says to himself, like, well, if the Lord loved me when I was like that, then I can love anyone no matter how they are mm. and, or no matter where they are no matter yeah. what they're doing. Right. And so, um, my, my dad is, is a pastor in, uh, Jackson, Mississippi. Um, and, and he, he kind of comes up against uh, Jackson is a predominantly African-American community. Uh, one of the most broken cities in America, as far as violence, as far as single parent homes, as far as, um, just poverty in general. And what you see is this really genuine, 50 plus year old white guy in these communities intentionally seeking out kids who do not have father figures saying, Hey, how can I love you? Well, how can I serve? And it's so countercultural, right? Because he's not only responsible for the city of Jackson, he is accountable to the people of Jackson. Yeah. And, and, and I think that like, you know, yeah, responsibility does not make a father because you can be responsible and still be absent. Yep. Like anybody can make a plan, but somebody has to execute the plan. Yeah. And, and I think that growing up with, and, and my dad will tell you he didn't get it right. And my dad will tell you that he uh, missed a lot of moments, but, but he, he's, he's, he's the best dad that, that I've ever encountered. And I, I've been being in ministry. I've encountered a lot of parents who don't have, who, who, who don't even have a vision like my dad, who don't have a heart like my dad. And it doesn't mean that they're less. It just means like, like I said, like great is good, but better is best. And I think that my dad just always kind of tries to be better. Um, and, and it's not to, I mean, you would never know him. Like he, he would never, uh, you, yeah. you would just never know who he is. Like he's, he's, he, he, and he doesn't do it to be known. Um, but he has this, this burden, you know, you can, again, current cultural climate, you look up, you know, you can look in, in anything, sexism, racism, whatever. A lot of people want to pick it up as a cause, but they don't want to carry it as a burden. Ooh. And, and, and my dad would say, you know, there's a, there's a real problem with fatherlessness in our community. Don't just speak about it from a place where you might want to vote, go sit with them and go feel with them and figure out how you can serve them, get a burden for them. 
Yeah. Um, not, not so that you can be something that you're not, but so that you may be something that they don't have. And I think that that has shifted the whole fatherhood game for me. Um, yeah. Like my dad sits in rooms with people, multi-billionaires, and then he walks out of that meeting and goes and sits in Section 8 housing with kids who might have come to his church the week before, just making sure that they're okay. Yeah. And, and, and that's like, like, that's a day for him. Yeah. And, and, um, I don't know, it's, it's, you're not just responsible for you're accountable to. Mm-hmm. And I think we miss that so much. And, and that's, and so I, I've kind of carried that, like my, I'm the only dad my son's ever, ever going to have. I'm, I'm, I'm the only father he's ever going to have. And I have to make the most of the, of the moment. Um, and, and I've got to, I've got to have that perspective of there's, there's not just someone I'm responsible for. There's someone I'm accountable to. Yeah. And, yeah. and so we, we care. Yeah. Like it's not a cause to be picked up. It's a burden to be carried for the longevity. Like it's crazy to me that race and sex is a debate in 2020. Yeah. However, you could see how it can get that way and fatherlessness because it's not a burden. Yeah. It's a hot topic. Oh yeah. And, and I, I don't think that we've understood the severity of the issue. Um, a government program does not replace a father in the home. Yeah. Uh, a, an after school program does not replace a hug, uh, does not yeah. replace a breakfast table. It doesn't replace conversations at dinner. And yeah. so I, I think, I think having that, that modeled for me, not only when I was younger, um, but all, you know, my dad would always say like, we're not only here, for the people who are already here, we're here for the people who aren't here yet. And, and I just always thought, you know, he really understood like everyone was watching him. Even if he didn't know, like someone somewhere was watching him and uh, man, it's a, it's a hard thing to be found faithful, but when we're found, we better be found faithful. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the call. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I you know, I, I, I loved everything you said because the one of the things that that I wanted to be a goal of this series is not just to give perspective and help men out, but it was also to get to differing perspectives, right? You talked about race, you talked about um sexism and all of these things because I think sometimes it's you know, we all have different journeys that we go on um but whether you're white black hispanic asian russian european whatever dads are dads and that's one thing that is mothers and like parenting is is it's it may be done differently in different regions but it's Mm -hmm. still done like it doesn't like there's there's not a region that doesn't have a parent to my knowledge that i've never seen like there you can't say oh well they don't do parenting in russia they don't do parenting in china like they do it it doesn't look may not look like the way we do it but it's still done and dads are 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 dads and, and presence is everything like you said and so one of the things I wanted to make sure, and, and I love the, and I, and I, and I prayed this like, God, I wanted, I want to talk to dads from different races, different, different time frames of where they are in, in parenting, whether they got little kids, they just started. Um, they, their kids are all gone and adults now, and they have grandchildren now, their granddad now, like, mm. you know, 
just to give people this perspective, this holistic view of it's not just one sided because, you know, obviously, if you can, you know, for those that don't know, I'm African American and (laughs) Josh is, is Caucasian, just so people know. But we have a journey that we're on and, and we're all we're on this together. And when you yeah. talk about having like we want a new heart, but don't have new perspective, like I need to understand your burden mm. as a white male being a dad. And you can understand mine being a, being an African-American, being a black man as a dad. Like when we be when we're able to come together and hear what the other one is saying, like yeah. I, I loved every bit of. I'll say it this way. I kind of have a twofold feeling about what you said about your dad. Like, I think that is, that is amazing. Like to be able to do that in a community and be, like you said, accountable to that community because he he's a pastor, right? There these people are coming to his church and they're integrating themselves in there. They're being a part of his community. So mm-hmm. why not let me be a part of your community? And, and the, the kind of duality, the other side of that feeling is, Man, I bet there's some pastors in Jackson that don't do that. They don't do yeah, that at all. It's and, it's always confused you know, me when a when a pastor leaves the pulpit and drives to the other side of town to go home. Yeah, it's that's that's always been been foreign to me. Um, you know, Ezekiel uh, told us how to do ministry, right? And I think I kind of said it earlier. Uh, in Ezekiel three, he says, "I sat among the exiles for seven days, and I weeped with them, and I asked the Lord for a burden, and then I preached." So he sat where they sat and he felt what they felt. Yeah. And then he asked the Lord for a burden and then he preached. And, and I, it's always been so foreign to me that like, so, so you're going to be in a community, but not of a community mm. that, that you're, yeah. you're, you're going to be, you're going to be in a family, but not of a family. You're going to be, uh, it's just, you know, there, there's an influence that comes with fathers. Like the, it just, and, and you're not ready for it. That's one of the changes, right? Like it happens. And like, all of a sudden you're given this authority. Yeah. And like the beauty of, of faith is that you have, you have the freedom to do with that authority, what you will. And you, you can be, you can be a gentle giant or you can be a ginormous, horrible person at it. Right. But like the Lord still has his way in the hearts of his people. And when you sit where they sit, when you, when you sit with your kids and when you feel what your kids feel, you're not going to understand it, even though you've been there I'm never going to be able to identify fully with you as an African-American man and your burden and, and your, and your things that you go through and your experience and perspective, but I can feel with you and I can yeah. sit with you and I might not get it hundred percent correct, but the, the goal is not communication. The goal is comprehension. Yeah. We've, we've, we've been communicating. Exactly. Nobody's been comprehending. And so mm-hmm. let, let me sit where you sit. Sure. I can do that. But now for me to feel what you feel, well, that's that's a different thing, yeah. And and when you when you start getting that, when, when you sit with your kids and you feel with your kids and you ask the Lord to 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 burden your heart for the things that burdens theirs, your your whole worldview blows up. Yeah, I mean, everything is shifting at the speed of light, and if we're if we're too passive, we're gonna miss it. Yeah. And the Lord is calling you to where you are when you are. And we have a bunch of people punting on that because they don't want to, they, they want to sit where you sit. They don't want to feel what you feel. And good, we're, we're called to be better than that. Great is good, but better is best. Yeah. I mean, it's, we're called to much more than that. Yeah. 
That that's good, man. And I and I think that it's it, it's so when you look at the landscape, like you you mentioned it a few times about punting it, and 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 I I would say you know what I've experienced from my dad, and and I think this is the one thing that I've learned when you talk about that kind of um, comprehending or feeling what you feel and under and kind of wanting to do it right. And I remember I hated my dad, man. Like I hated everything he stood for, what he did, how he did it. Cause like you talk about your son, like your son watching him, like I was watching you. I was watching my dad through all of that, through the physical Mm -hmm. abuse, the mental abuse, the verbal, like I watched it. And it wasn't until I got my own kids and got closer with, with the Lord that I really got to a place where I understood a little bit more and where I could still say, yeah, he punted that. But now I could put some context to it yeah. and say, maybe he was scared. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe he wasn't ready, you know, and, and not making excuses for him, but making it known that, you know, and I think that's the one side where, you know, you talk about people who, you know, got sons that maybe didn't have their dad there at all, or in the same situation where they, they have this anger built up because I was there, mm-hmm. that anger was was sitting there, man. And it was deep and it was, it was eating away at stuff I didn't even understand it was eating away at. But when I started to let God kind of unlock some of that and, and start to really, there was something I heard once. And, and it, when you talk about feeling what you feel, I think the, one of the things you have to do is you have to be able to let go of some, some stuff in you that's, prohibiting you from being able to feel and be able to understand and comprehend because I I think about two years ago, God told me, he was like, you're going to have to, you're going to have to dig some of that up to Mm. really get a full understanding of not only that, but also of you. And when I start to really dig away at what I felt for my dad, man, it, it opened, it unlocked some stuff. And I mean, it really, when you talk about, like I said, comprehending things and understanding why they punt, um Mm. that's what i feel like a lot of we we, will get mad about the punt but we don't want to help them with the punt or Mm. we don't want to know that we we want to hold on to that anger because for whatever reason it makes us feel in control it makes us feel and i and i'm you know me holding on to it was doing more damage than me letting it go and and when you start to do that, man, and you start to understand it, you can now take, look at it with different eyes, see it with different eyes. And so even, even when you, cause I've, I've met, I've met guys, men like your dad, man, that, you know what? I remember um, being in the neighborhood and kind of just playing basketball, doing my thing. And, and a pastor saw us doing it and said, you want to come to church with us one day and you can play ball at the church. And he, this man took me, and saw that we were this group of guys, my friends, and we all didn't. It was funny how we realized why we were drawn to each other. We all didn't have dads. Mm. Like it was about four of us and none of us had our dad in our life. And we grabbed it and this man found us and saw us and we kind of, he became that dad for us at 15, 16 years old. He, that's what he became. And he never said it. We never said it, but that's what he became. And, and it's just like you said, you want to be in the community or do you want to be of the community? And when he, you know, want showed us that because we, 
at the end of the day, when you said you, you, you know, being willing to sit with me and understand my burden, that's like half the, like you, you get me right there. Like that's mm. I, cause most people don't want to even do that. They see something wrong, but like, yeah, that sucks over there. That's terrible. But ah, I'm going to stay over here and go to my, my, my job on the Hills and deal over this and deal with that and yeah. deal with this, but I don't want to come over there and have to deal with that. Cause that ain't got nothing to do with me. But when you make it about you, that, yeah. that to me, that's like, that's a, it's a different layer of fatherhood that you let you latch on to. And I, you know, I've been in youth ministry, student ministry. I know you have too. And I, I want to hear a little bit about that because that's a lot of where you might get some of that too, is, you know, you have your own kids and you're, you're a dad to your own kids, but sometimes in ministry, especially student ministry, you, you become dad, confidant, coach. I mean, you become all of that. So yeah. just kind of talk about that journey a little bit and, and how do you kind of put that in, into perspective, like kind of a father figure to not your own kids, but to other kids. Yeah. So the way, the way we've always done ministry uh, is my family does it with me. Um, so like the students know my kids, the students are our babysitters and we pay them. Um, we we want to honor that because our kids are crazy uh, at times, <laughs> but like they, they see me with my wife um, and they see me with my kids. So before they see me as a, a student pastor or whatever, they see me as a husband and a father. And I, tr I do that intentionally. Um, Oftentimes we just have students over to the house, like they'll come over on a Friday night and it's like, Oh, here's pizza. And like, let me know how many of you are coming and we'll, and we'll just kind of sit down and just kind of be normal. Um, yeah. and, and we'll just kind of invite them into our space. Um, and, and, and it's all intentional. However, what, what we see in, in student ministry and it's, it's just students in general or in these formative years is, the, the situations may be different that you've got kids from single parent homes. You've got kids who are making it on their own at 16. You've got kids who have the best parents in the world, the best famous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are the, the situations may be the same. However, um, the, or the situations may be different, but the kids are always the same. They always want the same thing. And it's just to be known. Like yeah. they just want to be able to be known for who they are and how they are. And, and like, we have to be okay with that as, as men, because, um, harshness is not a sexy characteristic of manhood. It's, you know, you're coming out of this season of, oh, now you have perspective on, on not only who your dad, uh, was, but kind of finding, finding the why and all that stuff. And, and hopefully you're not, you know, situations that are like that. We're not in a space where we're being a good dad in spite of that, like rather, we are being a good dad to our kids and others because God has called men to be good dads. Yeah. Like all of this stuff is just perspective. All this yeah. stuff is just, is just hindsight. Right. Mm. And, and you know, even if my dad wasn't who he was, I do know this, he has done the best he can with what he has. Yeah. And I think, I think that's the thing in student ministry, right? Like navigating parental relationships, navigating student relationships, all these different things. It's not that I'm better at it than anybody else doing anything else. I'm doing the best I can with what I have. And I might not have the answers to your problems, but I can sit with you and like I can be available. Man, 90% of being a dad is showing up. Just show up. Like that's and and that's that's the ministry aspect, right? Like if a parent comes to me and is and is like, well, you know, um, I 
we're, we're finding out some things in small group about their kid and, and, and we want to kind of navigate conversation with parents. So, well, they've never told me that. Well, really, do you talk with your kids? Because I'm sure they would if you sat and talked with them. It's, it's amazing about what you learn about people when you talk with people. And it, yeah. so I, I, th- I think just a lot, of, a lot of the parental relationships in student ministry have been um, more informative than anything. Like, hey, um, your student and I, or your child, and I've had these conversations. I've asked, you know, if I can bring them to you and they've given me the go ahead. So I'm bringing it to you. And the response is almost always the same. Well, I, I had no idea. Well, are you present? Yeah. Are you, are you, are you asking? Are you leaning in? Are you taking responsibility? And are you understanding your accountability too? Um, but the, the situations might be different, but, but the, the individual is always the same. They just want to be known. They want to ha- they want to be able to share their opinions in a safe space where and, and then it's our job as 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 men and women um, in the faith and, and in the familial construct and in the, the church construct to refine those. Yeah. Not not to not to necessarily change them, because like yeah. views and opinions will change, but to refine them, to add some structure to them, to add some tact to them. Yeah. Um, and so my job in student ministry is is really not much, much less correction and much more engagement. Yeah. I, I want to meet you where you are, as you are, with who you are around. Yeah. I, I, I tell all of our students, like, our, especially our middle school kids, like, hey, when I come to lunch, you better tell your friends I'm coming to lunch because your friends are about to be my friends. Yeah. And like, and that's, <laughs> that's the MO. And I, and I tell my kids, like, hey, or I ask my kids, um, who, you know, t- tell me one person you met today that, that, that you didn't know. Uh, you know, today was the first day of school for our two oldest. So, Hey, how was school? Who did you meet? What, what did you talk about? Like those kind of things, mm-hmm. because now their friends are going to become my friends. And now yeah. for, for our kids, like their parents will hopefully become our friends. And it's, so, but it's all just this intentionality behind it, yeah. right? Like we, we want to be present. We don't want to miss a moment. And I love the passion of, of, of youth, right? I, I think, um, what does it say? Uh, youth is wasted on the young. Well, man, if, if youth is wasted on the young, then I don't want to let the wisdom of age be wasted on me. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Come on. Like, like, I don't, I don't want that to be like something I don't pass down, but it's not, again, it's not about communicating wisdom. It's about being in a space where they can comprehend it Yeah, and putting it, putting it not only in language, but in terms the, the, the best times in student ministry are not when I'm teaching, not when I'm, not when I'm speaking. Uh, it's, it's when we're having guys night at, at uh, golf, or yeah. it's, it's when we're getting coffee. Like it's just those moments where like everything else has gone away. There's no uh, formality here. We just get to be ourselves. And a lot of times parents are asking me or they're saying like, Oh, you know, I, I didn't know any of this about my kid. Well, did you take him to Starbucks and talk to him? Yeah. Did you ask them about who they're, you know, and, and I think if, if, if youth really is wasted on the young, well, instead of youth for, for us, we now have wisdom and yeah. don't let that be wasted on, on us. Yeah, for sure. And yeah. Now it's more navigating. Again, you're, you're not, you're not just navigating people. You're navigating hearts. You're navigating mindsets. You're navigating perspectives, uh, keeping honor at the center of that and valuing that's a win. That's, that's what they yeah. need. They, they want to be engaged. They want to be met where they are for who they are. And that's what yeah. they, and, and, and like, what, what, a, what a great, what a great calling just to be able to meet people where they are. Yeah. And I think that's so key. Cause it, it's, you know, 
I wonder like sometimes because I've, I've experienced that too with youth ministry. I didn't know, or I, didn't, I had no idea they were going through this and kind of those same questions. Like, are you engaging with them? Are you talking with them? And it, and engaging doesn't have to be invasive. It doesn't have to be like awkward. It doesn't have to be like, you know, scheduled. It could just be organically done. And, and it could be as simple yeah. as asking them how their day went that went, went and asking them a few more questions or doing something together with them. And, and you just be surprised at how much they begin to, to open up and you learn more, especially when it comes to friends and influences and, and, you know, learning that as, as children get older, because those influences start to grow. And, mm-hmm. you know, for right now, like, you know, a, a child at five sees another child do something that's not a good influence, you know, they're going to run and tell you like, oh my gosh, Becky did this, you know, or, but when they turn 15, they don't necessarily run and tell you because they're now at an age where they're processing what it is. And mm. and if the harshness exists or that you did wrong kind of mentality in the home, then it becomes, oh crap, I can't tell because I'm gonna get in trouble or I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna do that. And it's like, we, we tell our kids like, you know, there's nothing you can tell me that's going to shock me. Yeah. Like, ain't that nothing. the truth? Ain't that the nothing. truth? Right. I've, I've seen it. I've yeah. done it. And, you know, being transparent and sharing your life with them and what you've struggled with. And, and I, I you know, that's been my biggest win um, in that engagement is, you know, let me share my story a little bit with you when you, when you're old enough to hear it. And yeah. because the truth of the matter is a lot of what I can say I struggled with, they're fighting that temptation or fighting those things now and, and not necessarily generational curse, but anything like that. But I think it's just more so when you get to that age of decision or that age of, of, of influence that is at a bigger scale than, you know, just let me just run around on the playground and, and be bad. Like it's no, let's, right. you know, you got friends that do drugs. You have friends that have sex. You have friends that curse. You have friends that don't go to church and don't, don't believe in God. It's like, this is a right. whole nother level of ball game. And, and, you know, parents, there, there has to be an absence of fear and a, and a, mm-hmm. and a full fledged, like, I feel like parenting is like your biggest, one of the biggest faith moves. Like, like mm. if you didn't, like if you, if you were questioning whether you trusted God before you became a parent, <laughs> you, you, you better believe that you, you're going to really like the, the, the faith out. is put to the test. Like you're going to, yeah. in the words of, of Kevin Hart, you're going to learn today. Like you yeah, you're right. gonna learn because it, it, it right. will test you and it will push you. And, you also find out that all that training and leading and guiding you did, um, did it really, did it, did it integrate into them? Because yeah. a lot of times, I know we were always wondering like, man, are they getting it? Do they understand? We're asking them about church. We're... And then you just, you just go in your prayer closet and you pray and you pray and you be like, God, I hope they're getting it. Are you speaking to them? And then all of a sudden one day, it just, it just, you just see it click and you just see it manifest. And it's like, okay, God. Yeah. And you take a breath and you just feel like, you know, you can't, but you got to get back on the grind again because it, it's going to happen again. But yeah, that that's, you know, you can't have that harshness. And I think, you know, Antoine talked about it last week about kind of TV dads. And if mm-hmm. you kind of go back and look from like the seventies on, you know, you go from the, the James Evans and, 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 uh, <laughs> you know, the, the, the kind of sergeants and the Archie bunkers and the you yeah. transition to these, you know, um, Uncle Phil's and and Carl yeah. Winslow's and and uh, Danny Tanner's and and these these yes. dads that were like they weren't harsh 
although Uncle Phil had his moments, but <laughs> you know, he, yeah. he had his moments. But but when you really looked at it and dove into it, it was like there's a gentleness with this. There's yeah. a let me teach you this, let me show you why this, not just this is what you did and you're punished. Like, no, it's like that that transitioned out of that. You know, you kind of see that that uh, dynamic shift, and I think that's what's when you talk about engagement and compassion. Like, that's what really being a dad is is yeah. having that because that's what that's what God does with us. That, that's what He does right. with us every day, and, and it's yeah. you know it's compassion. Even with the the woman who committed adultery, and you see them bring them to him, and hey, right. this is what she did, and da, 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 and and he's just like, okay, okay, all right. And then, hey, which one of y'all haven't done something? Go ahead and you deal with her first. And then one right. by one. And then he literally in this moment shows compassion, shows understanding, and still gives correction. Yeah. And it's the most subtle correction that has ever been given in the Bible. Like in that sense, he didn't do anything. He didn't. It was, here's what you need to do. Don't do it again. And you can go now. And it's right. like that passion that compassion and that gentleness that's what's needed and i think that's what will give because the the coolest thing about what you said being with student ministry is when you create the environment of comfort they open up yeah and what's comfort for kids now you know i i play video games with my sons you know i i, I will play video games with them um i know some parents some dads who won't do that right. like no i i this that gives me a moment to not only have relationship and time with them, but it gives me the moment to open them up a little bit and talk about things and see where they're at and see what they're doing and 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 engage with them more to create those safe spaces to open up. So when the real thing happens, they already know they can just say, you know, hey dad, here's what's going on. Let me talk to you about this. Okay, let's talk. Well, and what's crazy about the woman caught in adultery is that there's very, it's very intentional. The, the, the writer of, uh, I think it's in John, uh, mm -hmm. he says, uh, when Jesus asked that question, which one of you has no sin, you guys, you know, it says they all left. And I'm pretty sure it says from the oldest to the youngest. It yeah. says it in almost every version. <laughs> and so it's, it's almost like age gives you wisdom to discern that you aren't as good as you think you are. Come on. And so, so the young person hangs around a little bit. And I don't know if you know John Steinbeck or, or if, if you read, you know, things like that. I love John Steinbeck. I'm a John Steinbeck fan. Um, I was pointed to reread a book a few months ago called Travels with Charlie. If you, if you haven't read it, just okay. it's fantastic. He's the guy who wrote Of Mice and Men, uh, yeah. Grapes of Wrath, stuff like mm -hmm. that. Okay. So in this movie, he, or in this book, he, he uh, travels around America with his dog. He's like, gets in his truck. He wants to like connect with the American person again. Ends up like finding a lot about himself. And there's this beautiful point where he kind of like comes to terms with like uh, kind of how passive he's been in his marriage and in his, in his family and so that. And he says, um, you know, my wife married a, a man, but has inherited a boy because I've sacrificed intensity or longevity for intensity. Mm. And he was, he was like, I gave up the long game for gaining short yards. And I, and I always thought like, wow. like what a, what a statement for a man to like really come to terms with who he is. And in that, like, I'm pretty sure it's the oldest to the youngest that, that, that the oldest people leave first because yeah. they know, right? Like, man, I have sacrificed longevity for intensity and it was misplaced. Yeah. So like, like yeah, yeah. with this harshness, right? Like 
God, God's not against correction. I'm second Samuel seven or eight, whenever, whenever David wants to build the house mm-hmm. and, and God says, well, you're not going to build it, but your son will, uh, he says, um, I will, I will correct your son with a rod. I will call him by name. I will make sure that he is who, but my love will not leave him. And I think that's the thing. Like he says, I will, I think he even says like, I will inflict floggings or, or inflict something. It's really harsh, mm-hmm. but, but then there's this key where it says, but my love will not leave him. And I think that like understanding, like I cannot sacrifice longevity for intensity. So I don't have the permission to be, I guess, unprompted uh, harsh. Yeah. I don't, I don't have the permission uh, and, and also with, you know, you saying there's nothing you're going to tell me that's going to shock me I, as a parent, I've kind of given up the right to be offended. Yeah, like, which, good. which is a weird thing to lay down. Right? That's such a weird thing. And like, I, I mean, even as a Christian, like you laid down your presuppositions long ago, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and anyone who is seasoned in the word has given up the right to be offended. Yeah. And so like knowing that making that space comfortable where, you know, there might be correction, but it's not unnecessarily harsh because my love will not leave you like that. Like, and, and then also understanding, like we're playing the long game. here. Yeah. Like the name of the game is longevity. How do we met, you know, I, I spoke, uh, what, two weeks ago about fighting and like prayers and fighting and, and I've used, you know, movies and stuff like that. But the person who, who goes into a battle and wins is not the person who got the most punches in. It's the one who walks out less harmed. It's the yeah. one who makes it back. And like, I don't want to kind of sacrifice affection for me being right with my kids. Yeah. Like, I don't want to sacrifice their endearment just so that I can be correct. Yeah. And, and I, I think that not only is that modeled in scripture, that is how it should be. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, I think that's I do the so best good. I can with what I have. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, man. You know, this, I mean, everything we've we've touched on has been just, I mean, blowing. I'm sitting here listening. I same thing happened last week. I'm sitting here listening. So I wonder, like, what do you specifically tell them? Right? What do you? How do you instill in them? Kind of not just lessons learned, but what advice would you give? um specific to that to to that growth like what would you tell them uh specifically around that and so one of the things i think you know we talked about it last week right and we told antoine i said you know you know you 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 have a lot of value man what you've shared and what you've talked through but specifically you know what advice would you give somebody what advice would you give a, uh somebody and so i want you to just touch on that a little bit as we close out like, what would you, brand new dad, don't know if they want to be a dad yet, don't know if they, you know, they're, they're worried they might punt it. Maybe their dad punted it and they, they feel like they're going to do the same thing if they get that responsibility. But what would you give them um, advice, like two or three things, man, just here's my words of wisdom for you on this journey that you potentially might be on. So go for it, man. Uh, yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, you're good. You're good. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, uh, three things I would tell a dad going on their, starting their journey, um, be all in, I mean, just be all there's, there's never a bad, yeah, it's never a small thing to be fully present. 
Um, second thing, love your wife, love your wife, um, get, you know, get, get to know her even more. Cause she's going to change just as much as you are in this process. She's going to grow. Um, and then three, celebrate everything, celebrate everything that you can, um, be really intentional, be really intentional about making sure that your kids know that not only are they special to you, but they are special period. Like the Lord made them, the Lord loves them, that the, the love that the Lord has for your kids is, ref, or is reflected in you and how you love them. Um, so celebrate everything, man. Be all in, love your wife um, or your partner, whatever season you're in, um, love, love that person um, and celebrate everything because your kids are worth it hundred percent. Awesome, man. Well, definitely, um, wor words to live by, man, words to, to really latch onto and, and grow with and, 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 and be intentional about right. Showing up and, and doing those things. And Josh, man, I want to thank you, uh, for taking the time, man, and being on. And, and I think that, you know, I, I think each week this is like, it's just building and, and it's building. And I love how, your perspective is different from Antoine's and mine. And, and literally it's just layer building on layer. And I think that's the thing that one of the things we miss when it comes to being a dad or being a, you know, being a parent, but more specifically being a dad, because, you know, we, we usually only have our one example we lean on that one example, good or bad or indifferent, but we rarely take the time. I mean, I, I can't tell you in doing these, these last two episodes and then the next two, I can't tell you the last time I sat around with guys talking about being a dad and what that felt like. I don't think I've ever done it to be quite honest with you. And so sitting down, being able to get this perspective and, and glean from it, I think is going to be amazing. Um, it has been a blessing to me. And for those that are listening, we just thank y'all again for being a part and rolling with us another week. And then next week we're going to have another special guest on, but man, I want to thank you all again. We'll catch y'all next week on Vantage Point.